Hey, welcome to the podcast for Gospel Community Church in Providence, Rhode Island. We are the family of God, redeemed and transformed by Jesus, called to live on mission with one another. The content you are about to listen to is designed and created specifically with our church family in mind, and our hope is that you are blessed and challenged as you listen to it. May it point you to Jesus, challenge you to draw into a faith family, and help you live out the mission of God in your own context. If you find this content helpful, would you consider joining us in the work God is doing here? You can do so by giving financially to help keep the work going, praying for us regularly, or even joining us in our daily and weekly rhythms here in Providence. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. Go for it. Good morning. Morning. Today we will be reading John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. But now I am going to see him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you all things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare to you all that the Father has in mind. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Amen. So far, I have not hit my head on that thing. Um, so we're in a small little circle today. We got all. Of, I was just telling everyone we got a bunch of sick babies everywhere, <laughs> and so everyone is is out today. Um. So we're transitioning this week, like I've said a couple times now, into a series that we're calling "Walk by the Spirit." Uh, Eric and Amber are actually in Virginia right now at a, at our sending church. They're spending some time uh, doing some prayer with them and just kind of giving a report about what's going on with. Um, uh, with us over here, but uh, we have this rhythm of uh, kind of picking a, a, bi- a big, long book of the Bible that's kind of like our, our long-term study, uh, and then we try to take breaks throughout the year. Uh, we try to take a break every like you know summer, fall, winter uh, to do a, a little mini series that's that's based on whether it's a need of our church, whether it's. Uh, it's a need in our culture, a need in our nation right now. And so um, back in, uh, in January when Eric and I were planning out the, the, the teaching calendar for the year, we knew we wanted to spend some time talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you got some nice AC blowing on you? Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> um, if it gets too cold, we can turn it down. Um, and so, yeah, we, we decided we, we needed to spend some time talking about the Holy Spirit. 
right? I don't know what your background is. I don't know what, uh, what, what, um, uh, what like, tradition you're coming out of, what the, how the Holy Spirit was treated uh, in your churches growing up. Uh, I think oftentimes we see that the Holy Spirit is, uh, is abused sometimes, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, some churches, some Christians, they abuse the Holy Spirit. Like things just get weird, right? It's just kind of funky and you, like I don't know what to do about that, right? Uh, and then there's other church traditions where it kind of feels like that the, the, the Holy Spirit is like abstained from, right? So you have like one of these two options. You're either going to abuse the Holy Spirit or you're going to abstain from him. Like he's, yeah, sure he exists, but like don't talk about him. He's a ghost, <laughs> right? He's like Casper. Uh, and so uh, as a church, we want to make sure that we, this is a little, just a little silly pastoral linguistic thing. We want to make sure that we see the, the Holy Spirit as a blessing, right? We're not going to abuse him. We're not going to abstain from him. We're going to see him as a blessing. Um, so over the course of the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do is answer, try to answer a couple of questions, right? This week, we're just going to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, why, why does it matter that he's present, Right? What is his identity? What does he do? Right? And next week, we're going to spend some time talking about uh, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit, to abide uh, in him, uh, to hear his voice, to be filled with him. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a, a teaching titled, um, uh, What If I Blank the Spirit? Right? There's a couple of these passages that, that talk about what if, I, what if I grieve the Spirit? What if I uh, quench the Spirit or blaspheme the Spirit? What does that mean? Right? Um, so we're going to spend some time talking about how sometimes the rhythms and decisions that we make, the choices that we, uh, that we make in our lives, they're actually the reason why we don't hear from the Spirit sometimes because of the lifestyle that we live, right? And then we're going to close out uh, the, at least the, 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 the June portion of this series by answering the question, how do I grow in the Spirit? Right? What does it mean for me to grow uh, in, my, uh, in, my, in my sensitivity to the Spirit and hearing His voice and sensing His leading? And uh, just as a, a little uh, teaser, we're going to talk about spiritual disciplines. We're going to talk about spiritual rhythms, the things that we put into place that, that enable us, that create a space for the Holy Spirit to talk to us. And that's going to lead us right into four weeks of, uh, of our July house church. Right, that's just going to be us in our gospel communities uh, putting into practice some of the spiritual disciplines that Eric and I have chosen that we think are helpful, that, that help, have helped us to create some of these spaces. Um, and we want to create some space for the church to try them out. Right? So we've actually pre-recorded a couple of uh, just kind of uh, teaching videos that explain those. We're going to send those out to the gospel communities. We're going to put together a little booklet with some, some guides. And uh, the hope is whether you guys as a gospel community gather on a Sunday morning or whether you gather uh, on a Wednesday night or whether whatever. Our group is talking about maybe going camping one weekend. Uh, if we do that, uh, that's an awesome opportunity to pause and do this. It's an awesome opportunity to pause and try out one of the uh, the spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about. Okay, uh, like I've already said, the problem is um, a lot of us have grown up hearing, I think hearing a lot about the Holy Spirit, but not really knowing uh, who he is, what he does in our lives, what, he's, what his role is, right? Sometimes we talk about him like he's some kind of a, like an energy force or uh, some kind of power. Um, and so we, we might have a, a lot of theological understanding of who he is, but experientially we, we struggle with, with understanding who he actually is. And you end up getting into these camps where uh, the Holy Spirit is just like, just does kooky things. Right? Some, some Christians, some churches, like, you just, they, just, they just get weird. 
right? Uh, they say and do things that are uncomfortable at best and sometimes even unbiblical at worst. Um, you, you've, you've seen the televangelists that, that they seemingly like manufacture Holy Spirit work, right? Um, and so things get a little funky, a little bit weird, a little kooky, and that's not where we want to go. But we also don't want to be the kind of church uh, that just seems like spiritually dead on the inside, right? That, we, uh, we, that there's just no life in us. There's no breath of God in us. There's no manifestation of the Spirit's work in us. And so there's a balance. There's got to be a balance where we have a proper understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And we also get to experience um, the goodness of his work in our lives, right? And that's what we're aiming for these next couple of weeks. So my hope, my prayer uh, is that, yeah, we learn a little bit about the Holy Spirit. My hope is that uh, we grow in our awareness, just sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's work around us. Uh, my hope is that uh, we, we learn to, to just recognize some of the pitfalls that, that prevent us from walking in the Spirit. And then ultimately, I hope that we put some practices, some rhythms into place that enable us to create the space to hear, to tune our ears to the Spirit. All right, so this morning, we're gonna be talking about who the Holy Spirit is. Let me pray for us. We're gonna jump in, okay? Uh, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we know that you are present uh, because your word says that you're present. We know, Holy Spirit, that you've given us uh, the word of God uh, to grow us, to edify us, to make us more like you, to correct us when we're uh, off off kilter. And so even this morning, Holy Spirit, like we sang just a few minutes ago, we ask that your presence would be, would be present with us. That you would open our eyes, open our ears to hear your word, uh, to recognize how you might want to work in us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the first mention we get of the Holy Spirit is right on page one of the Bible. Right, Genesis chapter one, verse two says this. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So we're gonna, by the way, we're gonna hit a couple of passages really quick and then we're gonna camp in one for, for the rest of the, the morning, okay? Uh, so Genesis describes this, this creation narrative where like there's chaos and things are sort of unformed. It literally uses the word uh, for, without form and void and, and the Holy Spirit is this, uh, the presence of God that's kind of hovering over the water is just ready to bring life and creation into all of the chaos, right? And the word that is used for the Holy Spirit here is this word uh, ruach, okay? It's a Hebrew word. Uh, it can be used to describe the wind. It can be used to describe breath. So if you take your hand, take your hand um, and put it right in front of your face. You can pop your mask down for a second. I'm dead serious. Put your hand and then just breathe out. Do you feel that? That's your ruach, right? That is your spirit. That is your ruach, your breath coming out, right? And so uh, this word ruach is used uh, to describe the, the presence of God, his sustaining power, and it's used to describe the, the spirit of God, right? And it's very, very clear from, from page one that the spirit of God is not some kind of like, like Star Wars energy force that you just have to like tap into, right? He's a person, Right? He is co-equal with the Father and the Son. He is eternally existing with the Father and the Son. And he's working alongside of the Father and the Son in the creation and the redemption of all, uh, all of uh, humanity. Right? And so we jump ahead 
the next time you see the Holy Spirit mentioned is actually in the story of Joseph. Right? If you remember, Joseph uh, is the, the favored son. He's given the, the, the multicolored coat, and his, and his brothers hate him, and so they sell him into slavery. Uh, and he, ha- he has these like, moments where things are kind of getting better, and then they get worse, and they're kind of getting better, and they get worse. But in, in the midst of all of this, he gets to experience uh, the favor of God. Right? Uh, and then one day, he's standing before the Pharaoh, the, the king of the land, uh, after he had just interpreted a dream that, that God had given Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says this, an ungodly pagan king says this. He says, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Right? He even recognized that it is the ruach of God within him that enables him to interpret the dream. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, Another really awesome uh, uh, example of the, the Spirit of God in the Old Testament is, is this random little story of a man named Basilel. You guys ever heard that name? Basilel? No? It's okay. Um, so the people of Israel have just been re- freed from slavery in Egypt. Right? They are establishing their own identity as the people of God. Uh, and so Moses begins to construct the tabernacle. Right? The tabernacle was like this mobile tent where the Holy Spirit's presence, God, where God's presence would live among the people. Right? This is what set them apart from all the other nations. Their, their God was present with them in the camp, and their entire camp was kind of orchestrated around this tabernacle that was in the center. Right? And so uh, as they are constructing this tabernacle, Exodus 35 says this, and he uh, God has filled him, Basilel, this is this, this random dude, uh, with the spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship. Right, so the Holy Spirit uh, literally comes upon this random like craftsman in order to give him an like, incredible amount of skill and intelligence and knowledge so that he can build this tabernacle with perfection. Right, this has got some crazy implications for you and me. Right? It means that you and I, you don't have to become a, a pastor or a missionary to be used by God. Right? You could just be a baker who has been filled with the ruach of God to bake the best bread to the glory of God and the joy of all the people. Right? And all of God's people said amen. Thank you for good bakers. Okay? You don't have to quit your day job. The Holy Spirit can actually empower you to be the best salesman that you can be. To be the best grant person that you could be, <laughs> right? Whatever your job is, to be, the, to be so good at that that everyone says, dude, this guy, there's something different about him, right? This is not normal. It's the spirit of God working through us. What would it look like, right, to have like a Holy Spirit-powered version of you working at your office, right? How would the office be different? How would your work be different, Basilel, right? The rest of the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit uh, working in and through the prophets uh, who get to see uh, you know, humanity and history through the eyes of God and they speak on behalf of God. And then all of a sudden we go into this period of silence for 500 years until one day uh, an angel appears to a, a nobody named Mary and says that the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God is gonna come upon her and she's gonna give birth to the promised Messiah, right? By the power of of the Spirit of God. And so at Jesus' baptism, the Spirit of God comes upon him. He works through him in his life and ministry. He performs miracles and signs through him. He opens the eyes of his disciples and people who are following him to see who he really is. And ultimately, 
It is the Spirit of God that raises Jesus from the dead after his crucifixion, right? The Holy Spirit's work is evidenced all throughout the Bible, all throughout the scriptures. If God is at work, the Holy Spirit is present, right? It's just the basic assumption. If God is at work, the Holy Spirit is present. Uh, if you want a, just a, a fun, like just personal Bible study, read through the book of Acts one day and only just, just highlight or circle every time the Holy Spirit is mentioned, just to see how the Spirit works in and through the disciples to, to start the church. And so uh, I don't care what background you, you come from. I don't care if you come from a, a background that has abused the Spirit or abstained from the Spirit. I can guarantee you one thing, okay? If you have experienced a growing love and affection for Jesus in the past, if you have experienced conviction of sin and apathy, if you've experienced a greater understanding of God's word, if you've ever experienced a closeness to God the Father, if you've ever grown in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, uh, if you're even sit, like you're living in a city that wants nothing to do with Jesus, if you're claiming the name of Jesus, right, then you have encountered the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Right? He has been active in your life. Right? And it's with this 50,000 foot view that I want to take a look at the Gospel of John. Okay? In the Gospel of John, chapters 14, 15, and 16, uh, Jesus is doing this preparation thing. He's, he's getting his disciples ready for his departure. And so he's kind of giving them the, the final like pep talk almost. And so we get some really big zingers out of, out of this, these three chapters. These like really memorable things that, that Jesus taught. Things like, I'm going to give you a new commandment that you love one another. Right, this is John 14. Right, things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Right, I, he says, uh, I am the true vine. If you abide in me, you will bear fruit. These are the, this is the, the passage that, that all of these come from. is chapters 14, 15, and 16. And in the midst of all of these statements, Jesus uh, he reintroduces the disciples to the Spirit of God. Right, in chapter 14, he calls him uh, the helper. Um, this is a really vague like Bible trivia. Does anyone know what the, the Greek word for the helper is? It's, it's, a, it's a word called paraclete or para, uh, parakletos. All right, para means alongside of, like a parallel line is alongside of another. And then kaleo means to call. And so it's this idea, it's this image. Like if you can imagine you're running a marathon, Right, uh, and you're like three quarters of the way through, and you're just done. You're exhausted. Your 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 body is shutting down. You're just you're just ready to give up and like roll over on the side of the road, and uh, and you're done. And all of a sudden, you hear this voice in your head that says, "You can do it. Come on, it's a little bit further. You're close. You can finish this." Right, that is the helper. That is the Holy Spirit. That's what He does. He comes alongside, and He. Uh, helps us, right? And so Jesus tells us in these three chapters a couple of things, uh, five things that the Holy Spirit is going to do, right? He's going to, number one, he's going to stay with us forever. He's going to indwell us. In the Old Testament, you see this pattern of the Holy Spirit coming upon people for a period of time so they can do something that, uh, incredible in, uh, in the power of God, and then the Spirit departs, kind of like with Samson, right? The Spirit of God comes upon him. He has incredible strength, and then the Holy Spirit departs from him. And so Jesus tells us that uh, the Holy Spirit in the new covenant is going to indwell us permanently. Secondly, he says, the Holy Spirit will, will teach us all things, right? He's called the spirit of truth, right? He's going to bring to our remembrance the things that Jesus has said, 
So as I read the scriptures, as I immerse myself in Jesus' words and his works, I can be confident that when I go throughout my, my life, go throughout my day, the Holy Spirit's actually going to bring those words to my attention. He's going to bring those things back to my mind so I can remember them. Number three, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will actually bear witness to Jesus. Like his role will be to, to, to be the witness of Jesus, not just to us, but through us to the people around us, right? So it's not about if you're, if you're uncomfortable with the word evangelism or, or witnessing to people. It's actually not your job. It's the Holy Spirit's job, right? You're off the hook. Good luck. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit's job to do the witnessing. Now, he might use me and he might use my words as a part of that, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to do that. Number four, uh, Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin and judgment and righteousness. Again, it's actually not my job to walk up and down east side of Providence um, and like telling people they're all sinners. That's not my role. I don't have to be the guy that's going through the festivals carrying the cross because Jesus says the Holy Spirit's gonna do that. It's his role to convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And finally, and probably most importantly, Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit, he's the one who's going to glorify Jesus. He's gonna do it through us. He's gonna do it in us. And this is critical, right? Because this is, I think, where a lot of the abuses come from when people try to use the Holy Spirit to glorify themselves or their churches or their ministries or whatever uh, to, uh, uh, you know, the televangelists that, that use the Holy Spirit to try to make money off of it. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. His primary function is to make much of Jesus, to bring glory to Jesus. All right, this is why the New Testament, it predominantly, by far, talks about God the Father and God the Son. And it very rarely talks about God the Spirit. Right, if you don't hear the Holy Spirit mentioned a lot in the Bible, it's because he's doing his job. He's pointing you to the Father and to the Son. Does that make sense? So read, listen to this. This is John chapter 16, verse 5. Um, you know, don't worry about it. John chapter 16, verse 5, he says, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. In other words, Jesus is preparing them for his departure, and he says, listen, I know this is terrifying. I know this is scary. I know that my departure is going to be hard for you. But nevertheless, in verse 7, he says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And I am just flabbergasted at this. That it was better for me, it's better for you, that the Holy Spirit is present and that Jesus is not. Does anyone have a hard time with that? Like, How awesome would it be if like, Jesus was just around. His physical body was present. He's just walking out. He's joining us for worship. He's joining us in our gatherings. He's reading the scriptures. I'm driving down the road and someone is, you know, cuts me off and I'm thinking, should I tailgate this guy just to get back at him? And Jesus is in the backseat saying, come on, man. You know, you know better than that, right? Or, um, or I'm sitting, you know, at, at, at work and taking a break and someone comes up to me and says, man, there's something different about you. And Jesus kind of jabs me in the, in the, in the rib and says, this is it. This is, the, this is the moment that the Holy Spirit has created for you to, to share the gospel with this person. Right, Jesus says it is to our advantage 
that he goes away. It's better for you and me that he is not physically present. And there's a lot of reasons we can go into as to why uh, that is actually better. We're gonna talk about this on, in our groups on, uh, uh, in midweek, okay? It's why is it better that Jesus' physical presence is not here, but that the Holy Spirit is present? But I'll give you the, the one main reason, right? At the end of the day, the only thing that's better than God residing beside me is God residing within me. Right? The only thing better than God residing beside me is God residing within me. Right? This is a promise that, is, uh, that, that God gives to us in Ezekiel chapter 36. And he says, uh, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and, and be careful to obey my rules. All right, so you and I, without the Holy Spirit's presence in us, without the Holy Spirit filling us, are incapable of fulfilling the law of God. Right? It is the Holy Spirit in us that gives us a heart of flesh and takes away our heart of stone. And so it's better for you and me. It's better that we have the spirit present within us. Um, I grew up in a, in a tradition that very, very much believed that the Holy Spirit was alive and well and present. Uh, but they believed, I was taught from an early age, that the Holy Spirit doesn't work in the same way that he did in the Old and New Testaments. Right? That those kinds of things had ceased. Right? Literally, the, the, the phrase is cessationist. Right, those things had ceased. Even the school, that the Bible class that I went to, you would hear things like, you know, God no longer speaks to the prophets because we have the scriptures. Right, we have the scriptures. They're complete. They're, they're, that's all we need. Peter even says so. That's all we need. Right, he, God no longer performs sign miracles today because we're, we're called to live by faith and not by sight. Right, and, and that's how they try to explain the fact that we don't necessarily see these miraculous things happening the same way today. And so I noticed um, not too long ago, that there's a this this background that I came from. It created a proclivity in my heart uh, to not expect God to work in inexplicable ways in my life. You know what I'm talking about, right? At best, you can hope for it, pray for it. If He does, great, but just don't expect it. Right? Don't expect miracles around you. Don't expect to hear from God in a personal way, to speak into your life, into your situation, to, uh, to, to, to guide you and lead you in that way. So I, I grew up not expecting that. And so over the past uh, couple of years, and especially the past, uh, uh, past couple of years that we've been here, I've been, I've been wrestling through and reassessing what is my theological stance on this. What does the scripture say? Do I actually agree with the, the way that I was raised? Or is there something else that I see? And, um, and I came to this realization uh, recently, actually, uh, that I love control so much. Right? I love to be in control. I don't like giving up control. Uh, that I struggle with the idea that God might want to do something that is completely out of my control around me. Right? I'm afraid of that. It makes me uncomfortable that he might, uh, might lead me to do something that's uncomfortable or might do something around me that makes me uncomfortable. Right? And this is a tendency for me to want to keep my own control. Don't get me wrong. Right? I believe that the scriptures are sufficient and complete. I believe we need to be very, 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 very careful using the words God told me. 
Right? If whatever follows that statement, if, if that's not scripture, you gotta be really careful with that because we're treading on some, on some thin ice here. I believe what First John says that we need to, we need to test the spirits. We need to be uh, you know cautious of false prophets. Theologically, I believe who the Holy Spirit is. Experientially, I struggle with that. I'm just being honest. So, so I want to invite you guys to come on a journey with me. Right? This is a journey that I'm taking of trying to discern and re-examine. Who is the Holy Spirit? What is he actually doing around me? How is he guiding and leading and working in me and around me? Right? I want to invite you uh, to believe in faith where Jesus said that it is actually better for us that the Holy Spirit is present and that, the God, that Jesus is not. Right? To believe that. I want to invite you uh, to open your heart and your mind to the possibility that God might actually want to do something in and through you that makes you uncomfortable that you have no control over, but that is good. All right, and I wanna invite you uh, to just ask the Holy Spirit to tune your heart to hear his voice and his guidance. All while holding this tension that the Holy Spirit is never gonna contradict the scriptures and he's never gonna do anything that does not glorify Jesus. Sometime this week, uh, reflect on, on, on these things, okay? Uh, reflect on, I want you to process through, I'm probably gonna talk about this in our groups, but reflect on what is the theological background that I've come out of? What did I grow up hearing about the Holy Spirit? What was taught to me? Uh, and is that biblical? Is, it, does that actually line up with what I see in the scriptures? Sometime this week, I want you to examine your heart and ask, you know, is there fear? Is there a desire for control? Is there a sinful habit or just a closed heart that I need to uh, maybe, uh, maybe deal with that's, that's preventing me from hearing and sensing the Spirit? And I want you to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, would you open the eyes of my heart to see your work around me? Okay? We're gonna talk about this more in our groups we're gonna dig a little deeper into that. But that is my prayer for us. And I'm actually gonna pray that for us right now. Um, Holy Spirit, we believe that you are working. You want to work through us. We believe that you are close. That you are within us. That you're transforming us. And we recognize Jesus, that, uh, we recognize Holy Spirit that sometimes we do things and we live in a, a lifestyle that, that just we forget about you. We, we quench you. We, uh, we resist your work in our lives. And, and we know that that is uh, preventing us from hearing you. And so this morning I ask, Lord, would you open the eyes of our hearts? Would you uh, uh, guide us to the truths of your scriptures that, that help us to understand who you are and what it means to walk in the Spirit? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Spirit. We love you, Father. We just want to live in that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.